This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. New evidence suggests that First Nations people may have arrived in North Vancouver Island as early as 18,500 years ago. Chris Hebda from the Hakai Institute is the lead author of a study that found that Topknot Lake near Cape Scott has been ice-free that long. In today's interview, he also gives a tentative outline of our area's history from post-Ice Age settlement down to the First Nations that we recognize today. We looked at two different sites on Vancouver Island. Topknot Lake, which is within about two kilometers of the ocean, and Little Wass Lake, which is basically right in the northern portion of the Vancouver Island ranges, the mountains. Those are two very different physiographic settings today, but they also provide very different contexts when we think about extending back into the past, especially during the last ice age. What we essentially did is we went and cored these two lakes. We pulled up a bunch of sediment from the bottom of the lakes and got quite extensive uh, records from these lakes. You can see as the sediment changes, so too it represents changes on the landscape. And by pulling out uh, little portions of that sediment and analyzing it in different ways, you can look at all, all sorts of different proxies. For example, old pollen that's preserved that tells you what kinds of trees and, and other plants are on the landscape at that time. You can look at diatoms, so the remains of small algae communities, which can tell you about the sea level differences because different kinds of diatoms are affiliated with different kinds of salinity conditions. Some ancient DNA analysis, which is um, something that we looked at in terms of uh, pulling out tiny little fragmentary chains of DNA out of the sediment, which can also help us identify plants and animals that are in the lake basins at that time. The suppositions and the theories are that if people are coming down the coast in this time where it is cold, there is ice around, but it may not be covering everything, probably they are going to be living on the coast, using a lot of boats, hunting seals, other pinnipeds like that, probably harvesting shellfish and other species, but also going on land at the same time and using things like uh, willow, harvesting other cold climate plants. There's a consistency with the environments further north that people would have been coming from to a place like Topknot Lake. By about 18,000 years ago, we see that there may have been a woodland type environment with a, a, probably a very few trees around, but mostly some grasses and shrubs and other things. Then by 17,500 to about 16,000 years ago at Topknot Lake, we see the development of this really non-arboreal, so that's non-treed ecosystem. Probably very tundra, it might be like the greener portions of Greenland or more kind of Arctic environments where you see lots of grasses, lots of daisies and alpine kind of um, species and small sort of prostrate low willows and species like that. There's also lots of berries around. It's the kind of environment that's different from what we understand today, but it's certainly the kind of environment that people live and have lived in for thousands and tens of thousands of years elsewhere. How certain are you that there were people in northern Vancouver Island 18,500 years ago? That's a very good question. We don't have any evidence currently for people on northern Vancouver Island 18,500 years ago. The genetic evidence basically suggests that between maybe 17 and a half and, and 14 and a half thousand years ago, somewhere in that range, there was a split in genetic lineages of people coming down from Beringia and down into what is now North America. Somewhere in that time frame, two populations split and became two distinct populations south of the ice sheets. 
and those then went on to populate the southern portion of North America and South America and, and everything since. So somewhere in that time range, or just before that time range, they were coming down together in one population and then split. That's when we would expect to find the earliest evidence of the people here on the coast. The key thing about our study is the demonstration that we have an environment in which people could live. And that's a really important place to start with these investigations, because if you are assuming that there's going to be ice covering everything at a certain time, then you're not going to be looking in certain places and you're not going to be expecting to find evidence for people at that time and in those places. Ultimately, the earliest evidence that we currently have for people on Vancouver Island and the immediate islands around extends back to maybe about 13,000 years ago with some sites that we're currently working on a little bit further north on Calvert Island. We have the footprint site at, called May Channel 1, and those footprints are between about 13 and 13.3 thousand years old. A little bit further to the north of that is the site at Trickett Island. There are some stone tools, lithics, and sitting on top of, a, of an anvil stone that they could have been prepared right over top of. And those date back to between 14 and a bit and the higher 13,000 years ago. That's something that hasn't been fully published yet, but has been talked about in the media and other things because it was presented at a, at a conference a couple of years ago. That's in the process of being, of being published. But anyway, that's the earliest record that we have on the coast. What are the oldest human remains in Vancouver Island, the Discovery Islands, Powell River area? When we're looking at archaeology, especially the early archaeology, we really do not find human remains very often at all. The vast majority of items that we find are always, almost always going to be um, stone tools because that's what preserves, right? And stone is, is much more durable, as they say in the archaeological record. We don't have human remains that date anywhere close to the timeframes that I'm talking about. Um, and that is a huge factor in understanding um, or not understanding, as the case may be, the, the, the genetics, especially of that early time. In Southeast Alaska, from a cave known as Shukaka or On Your Knees Cave, there are remains that um, date back to 11,000, 12,000 years ago. And those remains are often used for a lot of paleo reconstructions, but again, that is talking about a time frame that is much later than the initial colonization or uh, settlement of the Americas. Hebda gave a tentative chronology of our area down to more historic times. Between 25 and 20,000 years ago, people are certainly living up in Northeast Asia, they're living in Beringia. And they're slowly making their way and living their lives moving uh, down towards the Americas. Probably around 20,000 to 17,000 years ago is when people are really starting to shift down the coast, according to our sort of current understanding, and about 14,000 years ago, according to the genetic evidence. Probably on the earlier end of that would be my guess, based on other archaeological evidence, 18 and, and 15,000 years ago. We have an, uh, an environment uh, on the northwestern portion of Vancouver Island that's probably non-arboreal. There aren't a lot of trees around, but there are a lot of species that are available to people like willows, berries, seals, fish, and, and shellfish. In places probably from Haida Gwaii all the way down to Vancouver Island, we see forests begin to appear 
after about 15,000 years ago, beginning with more open pine woodlands, which eventually sort of get filled in with spruce and hemlock, that also is going to come with changes in the way that people are living and sort of an explosion of archaeological sites on the coast, especially certainly after 13,000 years ago and, and all the way to the present. One of the things that we often look at is if, if we can't directly date archaeological material, if we find, say, like a stone tool or something, that's at a specific sort of feature that would have represented, say, higher sea level. And we know when that sea level was that high. By inference, we can say, well, it's probably associated with that. So looking at those sea level differences and the kinds of artifacts that we find in different places, it's that extends back the evidence for people in the Discovery Islands to probably about 13,000 years ago. Considering the proximity of the Discovery Islands to the sources of mainland ice, it might end up being a bit older than that, if we can find the earlier sites than that eventually. But there was a lot of ice coming out of the mainland mountains for quite a while before it disappeared. Hepta did not have an early date for Cortez Island. The closest I can do is Quadra. <laughs> really, that comes down to where people have done the research. And it takes a lot to understand where to look for these really old sites that are going to be in different places than we understand today about 11,000 years ago. We have a solid date on some sites on Quadra Island, specifically the Eatman Bay on the northeast side of Quadra Island. That's the earliest directly dated archaeological site that we have. The tree species most often identified with First Nations was not on the west coast at that time. Cedar is such a key species for Indigenous people today and for many thousands of years, but that species didn't really appear until around eight to six thousand years ago i would say depending on different places five thousand six thousand years ago we see the growth and the expansion of cedar and sort of the development of what we now know as the coastal temperate rainforest since then we really see a slow moistening of the environment to the sort of the misty beautiful green environment that we have today and the all the expansion of indigenous cultures that, that we know today is there any evidence genetic or otherwise that would give us an indication of how these early people relate to the modern nations in the same areas? That's a good question. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of evidence of human remains that we can analyze or that the nations would be comfortable with us, with us analyzing. However, modern First Nations in the Discovery Islands and on Vancouver Island have extremely extensive histories. And the oral histories that people have, in a lot of cases, tie back to probably the end of the last ice age. Up on the central coast in Celtic territory, there's an oral history that basically says, I'm paraphrasing here. In the beginning, there was water, there was ice, and there was a narrow strip of land between. That is one example, but there's also others from elsewhere on the coast that really do quite clearly and vividly describe essentially a deglaciating landscape and the kinds of landscape that would represent the first peoples here. Because those have been passed down for many thousands of years. It is not unreasonable to tie those two things together and to say that there is direct continuity between the people who live there today and those people whose stories have been passed down from that ancient time. But we don't have the direct archaeological or genetic evidence that makes that connection with those early times. You've been listening to an interview with Chris Hebda from the Hakai Institute about the beginnings of human settlement in our area and how that relates to the First Nations we recognize today. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye. <laughs>